Episode 2 Podcast of Group B Good day everyone and welcome to a new episode of the UCF Podcast. We are your hosts, Sophie, Anik, Lina and obviously myself, Rule. This episode will be focusing on living with cancer in times of COVID-19. We know that cancer patients but also survivors are a risk group, but we want to dive in a bit deeper this time. But before we continue with this in more detail, it may first be relevant to determine what exactly the coronavirus is and what measures have been taken so far by the Dutch government. Since this podcast focuses on cancer patients during this COVID-19 period, it is unnecessary to spend a lot of time on this topic. That is why I'm going to try to explain the whole corona situation within one minute. Let's set the kitchen timer to one minute. Perfect. Now we start a piece of exciting background music. Fantastic. Here we go. It is December 2019 when the coronavirus, also known as COVID-19 or SARS-CoV-2, makes its appearance. The virus has its origins at a seafood market, where all kinds of living animals are traded. For the record, this market was located in the million city Wuhan, which is in China, China, China. I have to have my China. Thank you very much, Donald Trump. Now, the virus works like this. It starts by affecting the upper respiratory tract, that is the airway from your nose to the upper part of your vocal cords. A fever is then developed as your immune system starts to fight the virus. Now, with a dry cough, you don't produce any phlegm, so the virus can then spread to the lungs, making it harder for people to breathe, and it can cause pneumonia. Now, it is January 2020, and the coronavirus is spreading more and more in China, but also at an international level. Tourists, business travelers, international traffic, it all causes the virus to start spreading globally. All over the world, people are only talking about the coronavirus. Now, let's jump to February 2020, and the coronavirus deaths are increasing dramatically in many countries. More than 149, 17,000 people. Governments are becoming aware that they are dealing with a pandemic and they are starting to take action. March 12, 2020. National measures are introduced and in the Netherlands people speak of a intelligent lockdown. An intelligence lockdown. Events are cancelled, catering is closed and schools have to shut down their doors as well. Shaking hands is prohibited and people are obligated to keep a one and a half meters distance. Every effort is made to reduce the number of patients on the intensive care. And now we're here. The national measures can gradually be reduced, but there's still a long way to go. And so far, a recap of all the developments regarding the coronavirus within one minute. Now we can continue with the actual topic of today. We compiled information of Dutch websites which give the current outlook on the pandemic and provide information on how to deal with COVID-19 as a cancer patient or survivor. This includes the Dutch Public Health Institutes and Dutch Cancer Societies. However, we also wanted to find out what cancer patients actually need. We also have an interview lineup conducted by our fellow host, Anique, with a special guest who will provide us with her own experience regarding the issue. According to the National Institute for Public Health and the environment, the risk groups for COVID-19 include people aged 70 years and older, but also adults over 18 years old with underlying health conditions, of which cancer patients during chemotherapy and or radiation are within three months after receiving such treatments. The advice given by the government is to follow the guidelines which are set for all the inhabitants of the Netherlands. So if you are in a risk group, you should stay at home as much as possible, only go outside when necessary. And if you do have to go outside, you have to follow the measures carefully. You have to keep one and a half meters distance from others and ensure good hygiene measures. 
You have to wash your hands often with soap and water and avoid touching your nose or mouth with your hands. And the advice is not to have any visitors. And if you do have visitors, limit these visitors to one or two people and ask them to follow the measures very carefully as well. Some other recommendations include to stay at home in any case if you have cold symptoms, fever and or shortness of breath. Work from home and if that's not possible, consult your company doctor. Do not go shopping yourself and instead ask someone else to do your shopping or have your groceries delivered. Or for example, arrange for someone else to walk your dog. There are a few Dutch societies and organizations in regards to cancer that are tackling this pandemic. The Dutch Cancer Society, for example, is a nationwide organization for cancer-related work in the Netherlands. It is a Dutch society committed to fight cancer by scientific research, education, patient support and fundraising in cooperation with volunteers, donors, patients, doctors, but also researchers. The website gives information about what the consequences are regarding cancer therapy. COVID-19 has consequences for therapy for one out of three cancer patients. One out of five patients who have to start with their therapy would have their therapy postponed. And one out of eight patients who are currently in therapy right now would have their therapy postponed. They also mentioned that it is very important that cancer patients have the possibility to continue getting treatments and that there is enough space in hospitals to do so. If a doctor says that there is no space for treatment, then he or she can refer the patient to a different hospital or contact the Dutch Health Authority, which is an organization that regulates healthcare for non-corona patients in the Netherlands. The website dedicated to information about cancer called Kanker.nl or Cancer.nl voices out how important it is to go to the GP or hospital for checkups. The amounts of cancer diagnoses are decreasing according to integralcancercentrum.nl or integralcancercenter.nl. However, recovery is evident. The decrease was mainly in week 8 up until week 17, and the biggest for skin cancer. The reason for the decrease is that people are scared to get infected, or they think that the health system is overloaded. Different cancer organizations are therefore calling people up to keep reporting and getting tested. The care for people with cancer namely continues. Oncology societies and national authorities were quick to issue guidelines on cancer care during this pandemic. According to a council member of the European Society for Medical Oncology, ESMO, they are taking this very seriously. They are offering guidance to medical oncologists and giving training on how to manage patients with cancer while this pandemic goes on. The ESMO website includes general information on COVID-19, a Q&A section, and links to useful resources. They also recommend that oncologists remain ready to adjust their routines. The chief medical officer of the American Society of Clinical Oncology explains that different cancers produce immunosuppression to different extents. Therefore, certain groups are particularly vulnerable to serious illness if they become infected with severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus 2. These groups include individuals who are undergoing active chemotherapy or radical radiotherapy for lung cancer and patients with cancers of the blood or bone marrow. The pandemic poses several challenges for oncology services. Caregivers have to think about how to minimize their patients' exposure to healthcare facilities. We are seeing systems adapt to this now with telephone and telehealth consultations, people receiving laboratory testing and facilities close to their homes, and even some evaluations being delayed. This was said by Richard Shilsky, the Chief Medical Officer of the American Society of Clinical Oncology, the ASCO. Despite the challenges, an example given by the National Health Service in England is a guideline. 
This includes home delivery of oral medication and repeat prescription. Especially for cancer patients, putting their attention exclusively to the COVID-19 situation and overshadowing the everyday clinical practices has substantial negative implications. The reallocation of healthcare personnel and management to the COVID-19 pandemic is possibly stretching an already fragile system and potentially leaves some vital activities uncovered, such as treatment administration, surgeries, and inpatient assistance. It is well established that delayed oncological surgeries may lead to disease progressions and results in tumors no longer resceptible, leading to worse survival outcomes. The same goes for chemotherapy. Any delay of these fundamental procedures, either intentionally or just due to a shortage of personnel, should be avoided at all costs. The same risk is presented for the people who have scheduled screening activities. Nevertheless, the Nationwide Netherlands Cancer Registry published data from the period between the 24th of February and the 12th of April, showing that there is a notable decrease in cancer diagnosis in comparison to the period before the COVID-19 outbreak. Skin cancer especially has been observed across all age groups, geographical regions, as well as almost all cancer sites to be much less diagnosed, which shows us that there is clearly too little attention on cancer patients. Researchers try to explain this effect of fewer cancer diagnoses with various reasons, one of them being that people simply assume that the capacity for non-COVID-19 related healthcare services is insufficient, and they are anxious about actually getting infected with COVID-19 when being in a healthcare setting. Another reason is telehealth for non-acute issues, which is basically patients calling their doctors instead of going to their offices. Patients that might have symptoms that don't immediately hint towards a potential cancer diagnosis simply don't have the possibility to receive an initial investigation in person that could potentially show that their symptoms are cancer-related, which results in a delayed or postponed hospital referral. Many hospitals also might postpone or have longer turnaround times for their diagnostic evaluations because many hospital-based resources are being used to tackle COVID-19. And last but not least, national screening programs for breast, colorectal and cervical cancer are temporarily on pause as to relieve the demand on the healthcare system. Nevertheless, to tackle this issue, cancer organizations encourage individuals to consult their general practitioners whenever symptoms continue to be troublesome. And doctors are advised to refer their patients with suspected cancer to oncology specialists. National cancer screenings programs were appealed to restart again in order to spread awareness and misconceptions about a heightened risk of contracting COVID-19 when being in a healthcare setting have been tried to eliminate. Especially in times like this, we urge you to not take your symptoms too lightly and to listen to your body and what it is trying to tell you. While all Dutch cancer societies are prompting people to continue getting treatment and get tested, some hospitals have clearly put the focus on tackling COVID-19 instead. Nevertheless, it is still a priority to get tested and get treatment. So, as said before, the Dutch health authority tries to make sure that this still takes place. Regardless of that, the pandemic is harming cancer patients but also survivors. This harm is not only physical, but rather mental and financial. The Journal of Cancer Survivorship wrote a commentary to describe how COVID-19 may impact the physical, psychosocial and healthcare delivery concerns of cancer survivors. 
The commentary details how cancer survivors have been previously described as having unique emotional needs related to anxiety, depression, fear of recurrence, as well as family, interpersonal, employment, and financial strain. While some survivors may feel that they have been through worse, for others, this pandemic may raise fears related to prior traumatic health experiences, for example, being hospitalized during treatment and being in isolation due to neutropenia. The WHO, country and state-based governments and other public health experts have been advising social distancing, which is more accurately described as physical distancing. This may present particular challenges for survivors for whom such contact may be critical. It is important that clinicians are aware of the negative consequences of such distancing for those already at risk for distress. All in cancer support groups may be helpful for those feeling isolated and distressed. While there is no existing evidence at this time, it is possible that the stress related to this pandemic may aggravate other treatment-related effects reported among cancer survivors. This includes cognitive problems such as memory loss or slowing of information processing, but also problem solving. The shutting down of non-essential services and the change of focus of healthcare resources can also increase anxiety and confusion among cancer survivors. Cancer survivors who are receiving ongoing cancer treatments may struggle with tough decisions about the availability of treatments, imaging, and other services, while perhaps also feeling anxious about the potential risks of getting affected with COVID-19 in such clinical facilities. Some cancer survivors may now have the added responsibilities, such as balancing work from home and caring for children or other family members. Regardless of that, it is important to highlight that this is not the time to be super productive. It can add stress for cancer survivors, but this can also be seen as a chance to, to support cancer survivors to focus on healthy behaviors, such as becoming physically active. Cancer survivors can also be a risk group regarding financial impact related to COVID-19, besides being a risk group for the COVID-19 virus itself. The pandemic has taken a toll on the global economy and working-age cancer survivors might lose their job and, in addition to that, in some parts of the world, possibly even their health insurance. Having a job has been shown to affect the quality of life of cancer survivors in a positive way. In a way, it adds to the quality because it contributes to feelings of commonality, resilience and meaning. The guidelines in the Netherlands and the advice given by Dutch cancer societies are crucial for the current situation. However, this can affect cancer patients and survivors negatively. Having to be apart from loved ones can be very detrimental to one's mental and emotional well-being. In some cases, this may even worsen by losing a job or having added responsibilities. Yet, the reality for some people may be different than how somber it may sound. Therefore, our fellow host, Anique, will interview a special guest, and she will talk about the reality of living with cancer in times of COVID-19. Hi guys, my name is Anique, and today I will talk about being a cancer patient in times of COVID-19. We are currently at my mother's house in Enschede in the Netherlands. Um, welcome, Marianne. How are you? Uh, thank you, Anique. Um, yes, well, I'm uh, I'm fine actually. I'm feeling good. Um, the weather is nice. <laughs> it certainly is. And uh, well, you may ask me anything you like. Oh, that's very nice. Would you like some water before we start? I hoped you asked. Oh. <laughs> good. Let me grab that for you. Lovely. Could you? Um Please introduce yourself before we start. Yes, uh, well, I'm your mother, of course. How are you? <laughs> and my name is uh, Marion de Vries. And I think I'm 55. 
It could be 56, but let's keep it at 55. And let's keep it at 40. And um, I'm actually an ex-cancer patient. Uh, last year in... Um, uh, I'm, I'm noticing I'm going to tell already. And that's perfectly fine. Okay. Well, last year in May, um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And... Uh, that was quite a shock, of course, and uh, also for, for you and your sisters. And it took some time before the uh, treatments uh, started. And so that was the first one that was in, I believe that was July. That was the operation. And um, the operation went well, and we had to wait a little while before chemotherapy started and that was not really pleasant <laughs> but it was not as bad as I uh, heard some people uh, experience experience it is the right word yes mm. well for me I really was lucky I didn't have uh, that much uh, side effects side effects yeah oh. wow <laughs> as a uh, uh, a lot of other women have so that was well quite well i was a lot on my couch i should say <laughs> that <laughs> i lied a lot on my couch i love my couch <laughs> and um i had in total i think 50 15 15 chemotherapies chemotherapy and uh, 15 times and uh at the same time, I also had immunotherapy, and um, it stopped. So it was seven of January. It stopped. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So a few months back. Yes. So I had it a few months, and of course my hair uh, fell fell out, <laughs> and uh, I, I thought it's best to go to a hairdresser, and uh, well, she uh, she. Uh, Gave me a really nice uh, short, <laughs> short coop. Yeah, she did. <laughs> yeah, she did. And uh, of course, you have to wear some uh, uh, a little cap or or a hat because uh, it's it's too cold otherwise. Yeah. And you really don't want everybody to see yeah. that you don't have any hair any hair anymore. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a change. It was a really a change. Yeah. 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 But it's growing now. It's going yeah. back. I can see it's definitely. I see yeah. some curls already. Already some curls, huh? Yeah. yeah. And uh, well, um, my chemo uh, ended, as I just said, uh, in January, which uh, I feel lucky about it because you hear now um, uh, in the period of uh, COVID 19 that a lot of uh, uh, cancer patients. Uh, not only breast cancer, but all sorts of cancers. Uh, they can't. Um, they can't get their treatments. They can't get their therapies. I'm not sure if if it if it's uh, for for all uh, cancer patients, but that's what I heard. And so I'm very. I I, f I feel very. Uh, I feel very blessed that uh, yeah. for me that's uh, not the case. And uh, also I had some. Uh, radiotherapy and this ended um, yes. just before COVID-19 uh, started. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
actually I was one of the lucky ones, uh, as far as you can speak about lucky. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So you still got all your treatments before. Yes. The whole crisis started. Yes, I uh, I just finished them all before the crisis started. Yeah. Just in time. Yeah, just in time. Yeah, you you mentioned some very interesting and also important to- topics that we want to talk about, or I want to talk about with you today. Um, well, before that, um, I think it's also nice to hear a little bit about yourself. What 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 are your hobbies? What is your work or Well, um, my hobbies, uh, there is one uh, particular thing I really like to do, and that is yoga, (laughs) and uh, yin yoga, this is all about the the fascia, yin yoga, and uh, that, you could say, is my hobby, so I really like to do it, but I'm also a teacher, yoga teacher, and... um, well, it, it's I did it, I did it a lot. That's what I, I wanted to say. I really did it a lot. <laughs> yeah, you can do it at home, easy. Yeah, that's just very nice. in your in your living room. So I yeah, that's actually what I wanted to ask you. What would be your favorite stay-at-home activity against the boredom? Yeah, well, that's one of them, and uh, I really like to uh, read. I like reading a lot, and um, I'm interested in Advaita. Uh, non-duality so there is a lot of me a lot of um, lot to read but also a lot uh, on YouTube um, and that's a big part of yoga or? I uh, in my lessons I um, uh, I bring it, it I bring it in my lessons okay okay yeah interesting yeah okay that's very nice yeah so yeah talking about yoga how is your daily life affected currently? Because yeah, maybe you cannot do the yoga lessons. That's true. It, uh, that is that is uh, where I'm affected uh, by Corona. The only thing. <laughs> um, all the lessons are uh, we can't we can't do any lessons. It's not it's not allowed, and um, obviously that's normal. For everyone, we stay at home, and um, but I found my uh, um, my solution by recording lessons and spreading them to my class members. Yeah, what do we call them? Uh, class members, yoga co- coaches, <laughs> yogis, yoginis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, perfect. And they they like it uh, that way because otherwise they uh, they would miss. Uh, the lessons yeah yeah oh, that's a really nice solution yeah referring to you as an ex-cancer patient i think that will be right um yes do you think there's anything in specific that affected your daily life during this situation in my case i think not really um there was a uh, a period there was a, a time that I didn't go for the for the shop for the grocery uh, by myself, and that then my my daughters uh, did them for me. Um, but I think that is the only thing. Yes. Yeah. And uh, even that you are missing. 
You can you can miss going to the shop for some stupid groceries. <laughs> I can imagine. Oh yeah, but it was uh, really nice because we are, as as an ex cancer patient, you are a little bit vulnerable because it's so recently yeah. ended with the therapy, and your immune system is not as good as it was before. It's still uh, in progress, and um, so that was really nice. That my daughters could do the shopping for me. Yeah. 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 That was lovely. <laughs> but yeah, you miss, unfortunately, some some time away from home, doing the groceries. And would you also say that um, it was social contact then that you missed? Um, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Not 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 really. Not very much, but a little bit. Yeah. For me, it was not dramatically. Uh, changing okay because uh, when i walk my dog i can talk to anyone i like but, but on a distance yeah and uh, yeah you are opening that so that's maybe a yeah plus that we did yeah <laughs> i like that to talk to talk with other people of yeah. course yeah oh that's nice yeah yeah and then um kind of the same question but for different context, do you experience differences compared to before the crisis, but then um, with regards to the process of recovery or regarding um, like activities that should be done? Um, think about hospital visits or, or um, stop therapy, checkups, or maybe phone consultations. Has um, it changed anything at all? No, uh, there, there is... There was no, not really a change. Uh, some of the appointments were cancelled, uh, but instead of going to the hospital, uh, the doctor called me. That's, yeah. yeah. So we can speak on the phone uh, about how... Uh, and was that a positive or a negative thing for you? For me, that was just fine. Yes, because uh, I already thought... Why should I go if <laughs> if we could call about or call each other about it? Yeah, and yeah. they they wanted you to come for little talks as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, and that is already uh, fine on the phone. Yeah. yeah, so that was actually good for you. For me, it was good. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can imagine maybe. <laughs> it's not always nice to go to the hospital uh, three no. times a week when some of the appointments appointments. Thank you. Um, can be done by phone. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit excessive, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can totally imagine. And of course, it's, it is really nice to uh, to uh, to see how how they care about you and that they uh, really uh, like to. Well, they really want to to see you uh, to to look at you and uh, so so they can also check up by seeing you. Yeah, examining. Yeah, like physically. Yeah, physically. But it's uh, when when you you are speaking with your uh, doctor, he can see you really uh, uh, live, and he yes. can see on uh, how you look and how you speak and what your uh, s uh, mental state is and what your uh, physical state is, and um, that he can only already see just by looking at you. Yeah, that's that's a like a lot of important aspects. Of the checkup that yeah. that kind of like fall away when you only call. Yeah, but on the other hand, I can um, just by hearing my voice, 
I think somebody can also assess how you yes. are doing. Yes. 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 Yeah. Um, how do you feel during this crisis being an ex-cancer patient? It was most of the time really okay, but what uh, what really pointed out for me was that um, I really it, it it came more in in my face that I'm vulnerable. It hit you maybe a bit. Yeah, like, yeah, because I. I didn't want to see myself like that. Yeah. And um, because I thought, well, okay, the cancer is done. Okay, ready. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And and we go on uh, with the rest of the, of my life. Go on with with living the life. And uh, well, then Corona came, and suddenly I was called by anyone vulnerable and I thought in a risk well, group yeah. yes and I thought well no I'm not I'm not I'm not vulnerable I'm not in a risk group I'm just uh, me and I'm uh, okay so that was a little uh, yeah um, where you were maybe in a bit in denial yes uh, I, was in, I was really <laughs> in denial <laughs> but that, that changed then that changed because um, my lovely daughters uh, keep uh, keep on telling me, uh, really subtle, of course, <laughs> that I'm probably in a little bit vulnerable state. <laughs> so well, I listen to them. <laughs> yeah, still strong though, but... Yeah, well, and uh, I'm uh, I'm glad they did, and I'm glad I listened, because uh, I didn't got it. <laughs> yeah. Until now. Until now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, now now that has changed a little bit, maybe talking about cancer patients in general, um, what do you think about the amount of attention that is now given to people who were already dealing with cancer? I think there is a, a, a little less attention for not only cancer patients, but for every uh, disease, every patient with a disease. Um, I think that corona uh, gets too too, there goes too much attention just to Corona, uh, yeah. to COVID-19. And um, I think it's very important for people with what, whatever disease that they, um, that they claim their attention, that they uh, uh, call and say, oh, hey, well, hello, I'm here and I also need attention and an appointment. And so what can you do for me? Yeah, uh, they have to stand up for themselves and put themselves also first. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that is what I really think, and so uh, I did this morning. I you, heard it you was could hear it here. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And they want, wanted to push your 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 checkup away. Yeah, and you. Uh, but I keep on. Who says what food by stuck? I keep food by stuck. It's a nice Dutch expression, which we both don't know how to translate. Okay, just for the record, the English translation of the Dutch expression "foot bij stuk houden" is actually standing your ground. Okay, let's continue. <laughs> you kept um, to your point. Yes, you, wanted, uh, you yeah. wanted the appointment and you got it. Yes. So that will be an important one for everyone. For everyone. But I also know that when you are not feeling well, it's really hard. To uh, to stay uh, strong, to like stay that. strong, and um, then it's important that you you should, I think you should uh, ask a family member or your partner to do this for you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, 
Yeah. Don't let yourself uh, uh, be pushed back. Yeah. Don't let yourself be pushed back. No, exactly. So yeah, that will be your biggest tip. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's also important because there are a lot of people who are probably a bit more anxious than you. Um, well, you have never been. That's what I've yeah. never been so anxious about anything. No, 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 right? Um, but what would be your tip to those people in order to deal with the uncertainty of having cancer or being an ex-cancer patient during these times? Um, I would say the first first thing that arises is uh, living in the now. Don't look, don't look back. You can't change your past, this, so give up the hope of a, of a, over a better past, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and stay in the now. Uh, don't look uh, too much to the future because it's so uncertain. It's really uncertain. You never know what's going to happen, so don't worry about it. Yeah. It it's just just keep it small, keep it by the day and enjoy the day. That's my tip. One thing that I learned from you a lot, also be thankful. Yeah, be thankful. Yeah. Yeah. Be thankful with the small things that are. Small I... things. The small th things. What I always uh, say is be uh, grateful for uh, uh, a cup of coffee. <laughs> Your first cup of coffee in the morning. Special. It's very special coffee in the morning. And uh, the warm shower and uh, the lovely sun and. Uh, the springtime and your dog and <laughs> your children, of course. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, a lot of things, uh, small but also bigger things, you can be grateful uh, for. Uh, and that's nice uh, for the balance, for the things that happen in your life that you uh, can't control and are not so nice, like cancer. But it happens and it's there, so accept it and be grateful for the nice things that are in your life too. And stay, uh, try to see them all the time. Well, thank you for these inspirational words. I think it's really a help to, I don't know, everyone dealing with cancer, ex-cancer patient, but also people during the crisis that are just struggling. So... Marion, I want to thank you a lot, mom. <laughs> and I really enjoyed the interview and I think other people will do as well. Oh, okay, thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no problem, we will talk again. So after listening to the interview, I think it really shows how important it is for people with cancer and also other diseases to claim their attention back, to make sure to stay strong and ask perhaps other people, like family members or partners, to help them and to not let yourself be pushed back. After overcoming being the vulnerable one by beating cancer and thinking that one can finally live their life normal again, our interviewee quickly and unexpectedly became part of the vulnerable again by being in the risk group. For us, it is important to especially support those in the risk group by making them feel heard and helping them not get forgotten during this pandemic. Of course, right now is a really difficult time and it is really pressing to find a cure and to treat the people that are infected by COVID-19. But especially in times like this, it is important to not abandon the vulnerable. Okay, now we arrived at the end of our podcast. Wait. Wait, one moment.
Okay, maybe there's one more thing we would like to show you. Alright, roll the tape. Social lives, the corona can spread And people are getting more and more frustrated But that's not even our biggest problem yet Hospitals are filled on the intensive care People with corona laying everywhere Citizens are absolutely not aware That corona is only to 5G what if you're a patient with a cancer disease? But because of the corona, you trip and can't perceive A place in the intensive care cannot be guaranteed Is that just all messed up? Now this is getting out of hand But we'll try to understand and document it just for you I'd like to warn you all for the new best thing Cause you're about to get hooked on a podcast You can listen practically to anything But this is the very best Cause even when things look so wrong And your hope is gone We always carry along I want to warn you for the new best thing Cause that's a podcast but now we do have arrived at the end of our podcast. Special thanks to Anique's mother, Marianne de Vries, for saying yes to do the interview. We would also like to thank you as a listener for tuning in with us today. If you have any questions regarding our topic, please feel free to ask them via one of our rock email addresses. But for now, I wish you a wonderful day.